listening to Cleveland and Beyond with Andy Billman and Jared Watson, brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And we are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. He's Andy Billman. I'm Jared Watson. And this podcast is brought to you by Waiting for Next Year. Original Cleveland sports reporting at waitingfornextyear.com. Hey, holy cow. The Browns are red hot, bro. Three and one. And trying to go to four and one, playing the Colts. Uh, we're going to preview that Sunday game. And can the Browns continue with their winning ways without Nick Chubb? Oh, God. Oh, 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 oh. Is Baker Mayfield improving? Some question his ability still to this day. And is everybody now okay with a, with an Odell Beckham Jr. trade? You want to trade Odell? We trade Odell? We still trade Odell. Anybody want to talk about trading Odell? <laughs> Does Mike Silver have any Odell Beckham Jr. trade rumors he'd like to share with us? <laughs> no, he doesn't because he's blocked me on Twitter. Oh. So let's dive into your red, nice. your red piping hot, piping hot Cleveland Browns. This is your easily digestible Cleveland and Beyond this the, today because um, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to vent. Today's been one hell of a fucking day. Get it and, off your uh, chest, Andy. This is, listen, you know, let's just vent this out. Like, I'm going to be sitting at a, some sort of outdoor activity pub in a bar with a lovely young woman, and we're going to have a great time tonight and take out all of the energies of the week on, um, on a simple, simple. She doesn't know what's coming, huh? Uh, come. <laughs> <laughs> This is one of those Fridays you throw the credit card and you're like, barkeep, keep them coming. Ice lose that shit. Speaking about ice losing that shit, how about those Browns, huh? They are playing uh, so, so yeah. well. And this has been a weird week because um, I, I am in a good way because this is the first time, obviously in shows like this and many other podcasts, many other stations around town, everybody, we love the Browns. We're into it. That was such an exciting victory. Go listen to the last podcast. Um, if you didn't, if you did not hear, we were all excited. Everybody was into it. it was such a great win, but nationally for the first time, Jared, I really started seeing the headlines, you know, in the athletic, um, Brown, hang on. Are they actually going to play competent football in Cleveland, which is kind of jerky, but mm-hmm. five times, five reasons why it's time to believe in the Cleveland Browns national mm-hmm. headline in the feature report, NFL.com time to celebrate good times. Brown fans. Um, you can feel the national narrative. People are pushing the Browns. People are loving the Browns. People are getting into this. Yeah. I don't uh, like that. Yeah. I mean, it's really, really after the after that big win and big D, it has taken off and it's been very I mean, you can feel the energy um, and it's great. And I just want to lead off by saying I think it's a very good thing. Um, and, I, and obviously, I think it's a very good thing. And I think it's very legitimate. That's why I'm saying that it is a very good thing, of course, but it's very legitimate. This team's very good. They've, they've earned that three and one record. And I think in this podcast, what we're going to be trying to do, usually the quarter poll, we're going to do some quarter poll things. We're going to do it yep. briefly. But I think the bigger thing is in this picture, we're being fair. The big Dallas wins a big Dallas win. We know Dallas and Redskins sink. We know, I mean, not Redskins football club stinks. And now going forward, we know we got the Chubb question. We got some other questions to answer. But, Jared, even the national headlines are feeling good about the Browns. All right. But here's the deal, Andy. Um, I'm just going to say it. Fuck national headlines. Right. I mean, it's great, but we've been down this road. So at the end of the day, fuck national headlines. I don't care. I don't want to deal with national headlines. I love it uh, in the sense that it's exciting. But I think that I – um, now let me, I will act like I'm talking to a therapist right now. Uh, national headlines are one of my triggers now, right? I am triggered by national headlines because I have been 
led astray before. Due to national hype, I have walked down that road only to get run over by a fucking train that I didn't see coming. Mm-hmm. So, national headlines out the door for me, at least. So, that's just where I'm coming from. Now, if we want to talk about genuine hype about the Browns, all right, and so I'm going to be real about it. Yeah, the Browns are really fucking good right now. They're right? really good. They're really good. There's no doubting that. There is no doubting that at this point. They have done what they have needed to do consistently to get themselves to three and one. It hasn't always been pretty, and we have nitpicked through the wins, which to a point probably pisses some people off, right? Because you talk about it after a Sunday win and go, what are we even complaining about, right? It doesn't even always, it doesn't feel good. But we have to realize here, and I know that Baker Mayfield has said, you know, regarding the media, yeah, you guys still talk about it, right? All the past stuff. Look, you haven't been here, Baker, for those 20 years. So it isn't ingrained in your mind and in your blood and in your system and your DNA that winning is just not a thing here. It is for the fans and it is for the reporters, right? There's an understanding that has to come with this, that we are not used to it. There is an entire generation of kids who have grown up Browns fans and don't know what to do with themselves right now because they have never seen a Browns team at three and one and winning like this. They haven't seen it. So, so all of that said, this doesn't feel like fool's gold right now. This doesn't feel like like uh like Hoyer like Hoyer starting outside yes exactly yeah this doesn't feel like that this feels like there has been what we have hoped and asked and dreamed for and that is a legitimate coaching regime to come in here and what is that thing that we have been saying for 20 fucking years change the culture change the culture change the culture well here's the deal Jarvis Landry's happy Odo Beckham Jr. is happy I think we've changed the culture. I think that they are a litmus test because of how passionate they are about the game to know that the culture is changed, not changing, changed. It's there because they're running full steam ahead right now and their eyes are on the prize, period. Nick Chubb, that sucked, right? It sucked. We sat there and we went, oh, shit, what are we going to do? What did the Browns do? Did they, and we talked about this, Andy, did they cower? Did they, did they go in and, and go, woe is me? Or did they, did the next man up plug and play kind of like you would expect in new England, their response to that injury with Nick Chubb was very new England esque new England esque new England esque. It was very Belichick esque. It was get in there. Next man up. I mean, that's all you can say. It really was the next man up. Dean Johnson played really well. So much about this team. No, no, they, this is, this is more legitimate than those. Yeah. It's more legitimate than Derek Anderson's year, even though that team finished 10 six. Yeah. It's more legitimate than these other times with Hoyer too, when we were feeling good after the Thursday night win and even the win against Atlanta, this mm-hmm. is more legitimate. Now yeah. Jared's right. And here's something too, that I think is a good thing. The Browns have, are winning. The Browns have room to improve. That's why I like this a lot more. At times, you felt like they could squeeze out. If we're being fair about Hoyer, it felt like at times, even in that year, everything just landed perfectly. In this team, we see things to improve on. I don't think that's a bad thing. That's what you should be seeing because that means that this team has room. That's why I'm very excited because yeah. I know there's there's things for this team to go up. Um, I'll get to Nick Chubb last. I actually want to bring up Baker. 
Um, I think Baker has really been drugged through um, too much here in the last two weeks being negative. Um, I have said this. I'm going to pound this. I have been hard on him, and as everybody has at times, I do think he's an effective game manager. I don't think it's negative to say. I also am seeing small improvements from Baker each game. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing him improve from the Bengals game, from the Bengals game to the Washington football club game to Washington football club game to the Cowboy game. I'm seeing small improvements each game mm-hmm. and I'm seeing things where I, I can see him growing and feeling more confident. Like I said, in the Cowboy game, I saw him step up in the pocket. I didn't see that in the, last, the other two wins. So even small things like that, I'm seeing things. He's not throwing interceptions in the last two games. That's a small improvement. So like everything with Baker, I think the one thing I don't think is fair is, even though this team's a run first team, it doesn't mean Baker Mayfield's playing poorly. Even though Baker's not throwing for 400 yards, doesn't mean Baker's playing poorly. And I just want to state that. I think people are being way too hard on him. And I think people are being, and I, and I think it's a happy medium. Again, I don't think he's Dak Prescott, but I don't think either he's playing like Trubisky. I think he's somewhere in the middle, and I think he is improving, which I like. I think we're seeing improvement with Baker, and it's being overshadowed because of the great offense and because of the great Miles Garrett and because of the greatness of everything else. I just want to get off my chest. I think there's been too much on him in a negative way. I don't think he's playing as poorly as what's being touted or reported on headlines. No, well, so here's the deal. When we when we talk about Baker over these past couple of games, we're talking about each game individually and we are picking at certain things. Mm-hmm. But when we look at the collective, when we look at the collective of the four games together at this first quarter of the season, and when we break it down by quarter, not quarter in a game, but quarter of the season, then what we see is a guy who has genuinely been consistent at two things. He's been consistent with his pass percentage completions mm-hmm. right there in between in that, in that mid sixties. And he has been consistent with not turning the ball over. He's gotten mm-hmm. better at that actually over the yes. past four games. So those are the, the, those are two very important factors in what this team needs right now. And it goes right back to the saying of game manager. He does, he does not need to win the game on his own right now. He can be a game manager at the moment. And that is fine. He is also making passes. Look, they're, their red zone rating right now is incredible. It is. They're scoring those, touchdowns. And those passes to Landry were darts on third down. That pass to OBJ later in the game was a dart type of play. He makes big passes, and he's throwing the ball away. Yep. He, I didn't even see that in the Bengals game. He's throwing the ball away last week when he gets <clears> pressure and does anything yep. open. He's doing small things. Again, I don't want to overharp this too much because he does need to keep improving now. Yep. And I think he will. Now, look, time will tell. Maybe in three weeks I'm like, well, he regressed or he stayed the same. You do hope Baker keeps improving like he has, and I think he will. All that to be said, I'm telling you, I don't think it's fair for how much shit he's getting thrown right. on him right now. I just no. don't. I, I thought I thought the pylon was very fair to the Ravens game. I don't think it is right now. Well, and because, Andy, he is finally in a situation, and this is what we talk about with young quarterbacks across the league. Look, Dwayne Haskins isn't getting pulled because he sucks. He's getting pulled because he is surrounded by no one offensively and no one on a coaching staff who knows how to handle that offense and that team. Period. That's why that is why these young quarterbacks get dragged through the mud and because they don't have a chance to develop. And this started years ago when we started drafting quarterbacks and instead of having them sit behind a a veteran, they went into this plug and play mode because teams started getting desperate and they started throwing these guys out there. Right. 
I mean, that was that was something at least that I feel like happened in my lifetime, that transition of of teams being more likely to throw these young these these rookie quarterbacks out there. I agree with you. I do. I don't want to go down this road. I do think Haskins stinks right now. All right. Well, Haskins not playing well. But but here. But my point is, why is Haskins not playing well? Well, he's getting. Why did, ba- did did Baker look like sh- Baker looked like we were going to possibly have to get rid of him after last season? Correct? Uh, after game one this year, Baker was very concerning. Baker right. was very, very – he actually needed to win that Thursday night game against Cincinnati, and he did, and that was a great win to regain stability, and he did. And he did that well. Now, again, I don't want to do the Haskins things. That's a different podcast. Got, my different point people. is he's got support where these no, other guys don't. He, that's, he has, yeah, that's the end. That's he the has end support, point. and he's also making throws. I'm even seeing making throws I didn't see from Haskins. I'm certainly didn't see from Trubisky. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm seeing more. There's more there – then what's being said? That's my only point. Right. Now, so if we're talking about, I mean, we can say ceilings, then obviously Baker has a higher ceiling. He has a higher ceiling. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. my point. I just think people don't, just because <clears throat> your running game's leading the way doesn't mean your quarterback stinks. But that's it's a all. nice way to reset if your quarterback is stinking. When yeah. Baker isn't doing well, it's hold up. Hit pause, reset, run the fucking ball, run the fucking ball, run the fucking ball. Absolutely, absolutely fucking locally. Now, right. now the Nick Chubb scenario this week is big because we're going to see these next four to six games. I'd be surprised. I'm going to put four to six because I think that's the average. And because if we're being truthful, him playing before the bye week just doesn't make sense to me. So let's say in the next four games here, we're going to get a true test. Now, they passed the litmus test wonderfully. You could hear the on last podcast. I'll echo what my partner just said. That was the best thing about that game to me was the Browns not only did not get into tank mode or did not go into depression mode or did not let that injury affect the game. They went into full steam ahead. We're going to win this game. Dearness Johnson and even Don, Dontrell Hilliard have been hard on played really well. Now, it's another thing to do that against the Colts, who have the number one rush defense in the NFL. So that's a lot more to be asked. Now, the good news about the Colts, they have a linebacker issue problem that's been talked about a lot by Tony Grossi and others. So there's going to be opportunities in this game to run still. I think you need to see Janovich a lot in this game. Um, I think it's going to be very important to have fullback in there. I think it's going to be huge. And I think the other thing that people need to realize I don't think it means it's a Kareem Hunt show. I still think you're going to see split back time. I think you're going to see Dernis Johnson and Kareem Hunt. I don't think it's going to be Kareem Hunt all the time. And I think that's okay. Dernis earned it. Dernis earned it last yeah. week. He did, yeah. Off the bench, pinch hitter, and just and just did it. Just went yeah. out there and did it. Get yeah. up and do it. And I, just, I just think, again, there's been some misnomers. I think that's another one. I think for this game, the big key is – if, uh, if Baker keeps improving the way I think he has been, I think the Browns are going to beat the Colts because that's going to be needed in this game because I do think he's going to need to make even some more throws than he has in the previous games because if you're playing the number one rush defense, even with the linebackers being hurt for Indianapolis, you have to figure, Jared, that they're gonna, without your best back um, with Nick Chubb, you're going to have to do more in the air. Not a lot but enough to get by. And again, I can't state this enough. The fullback in this game is important for the Browns. I would really be putting him out there at all times to help, to help alleviate that pressure. And they will to get him and get him in open holes. Um, Here's some other little tidbits as we're rushing the show. Normally it's much longer, but tonight we have to rush a little more. Here's some other tidbits of this week that I noticed throughout the press and we'll, we'll chime in where we want to the OBJ trade boy. Talk about another 180 moment. 
everybody's now in love with OBJ. Um, everybody's now th- enthralled by him. A lot of OBJ positive. What shot. did you fucking think the guy was going to do? I mean, I he's know. only one of the best athletes in the entire NFL. It's only a matter of time for someone like him. He, I mean, I just think it's funny how uh, even four or five weeks ago, the, 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 the story headline from him was like, well, you know, will he get traded next year? That was the headline. Is he going to have a big 2020? It's like, well, he not for long. He won't be here for very much longer. It's amazing how that has all changed. Well, in fairness, hey. Andy, in fairness, I would like to say that the only reason that I felt that way, right? I'm going to defend myself and my position. The only reason that we, I think both of us collectively were feeling that way After was because he wasn't happy. Odell's an emotional guy. He yeah. runs on emotion, man. Emotion is fuel for him. And that's yeah. not it. I'm not saying that as a negative whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I think I'm pretty sure Tom Brady was screaming on the sidelines like like a maniac last night, and uh, nobody really said anything. But we won't get into that. Anyways, my point is being, fourth down? is it fourth down? <laughs> my point being, fourth down. <laughs> my point being, is that point being oh. a How guy like Odell, a guy like Odell who who finally feels comfortable where he is. He feels comfortable and trusts the coaching staff. What did Landry say about Stefanski? He's got balls, ballsy yeah. play caller, right? And these guys are going out there and executing. They all trust each other. They trust They trust the, the path that Stefanski is putting in front of them and asking them to go down, and they're doing it. No questions asked, and it's working. Yeah. The more that you can build on that, again, culture change. Coaching yeah. means a lot more in this league than, say, it does in the NBA. Yep. In fact, in the NBA, I'm wondering why players don't just run these teams at this point. Not going to lie. A, that, that, that's, that's a different possibility. So, again, by the way, way, by way, you're absolutely right. You're ab- absolutely useless. Right. They're, they're yeah. like figureheads. <laughs> they're yeah. like, it's like the Queen of England at this point. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's seriously but, true. But the point is, Odell is happy. He's going to play well. Yeah. It's not simple. It's that yeah. simple. And it doesn't even mean keep Odell happy by feeding him. It does mean find the right opportunities for Odell, and he is going to light up the scoreboard, light up the field, and everyone's going to be happy. That's what it means. That's all it is. It's a very simple formula. It's not difficult. Speaking of wide receivers, Cadrell Hodge is out. He's going to be in the IR. He got a hamstring pull. JoJo Natson, which we talked about in the Sunday podcast, he's going to be out for the rest of the year of the Torn ACL. So this opened up the door to two people, Peoples-Jones, which we're excited about, and Hollywood's back in Cleveland. Hollywood Higgins is going to have to play more. Um, here's my quick two or three thoughts on this. Harrison's playing, too, on uh, defensive side of the ball. Then we have a safety issue, too. Joseph. Uh, yes, Joseph sitting. Um, so yeah, and watching back on the Sendejo stuff, it, a lot of that wasn't his fault. We'll leave that alone for now too, but go ahead, Andy. Okay. Let's Okay. Oh, you want to get into it? <laughs> I know what Joe meant and he did the right thing. He did what a coach is supposed to do you to protect your player. And on that play right there, I don't think it was a Sandejo problem. Sandejo is not playing well. Taki is not playing well. Done. End. Period. End of sentence. It does not mean bad things. It does not mean, you know, it does. It just, again, like there's too many times now 
with things like this where people get very personalized by, by an overall thing and then they make it a one-on-one play. I, I know why Joe Woods defended Sandejo and it's fine. And, I, and again, the, he's not playing well. Now, Kadrell Hodge, he's out. I don't think Hodge is very good anyways. I know he did a lot on special teams. Which I, I've been told and reminded through the press, through multiple people. That's why he's been playing. Fine, whatever. I'm excited to see People's Jones play more. And I am actually curious to see Higgins. Um, I do think you're going to see both out there this week a lot. Uh, JoJo Natson, I, again, felt bad for the guy. Um, hopefully he, he'll be okay down the road. But I do think, in a weird way, you're stepping up with people's jones and higgins i'm just saying i mean i don't know i agree too because people's jones well let's let's do this real quickly people's jones doesn't look that fast when he's running back he just doesn't and i don't know whether it has to do with his height or what he doesn't look like a quick guy on on special teams but i will but i will there exactly but i will say this too that's special teams notice we didn't they look a lot better overall they look a lot better Did anybody miss austin cybert who who? Yep. Oh, and, and by the way, we got to throw this in here too. Greedy Williams. Uh, there was this idea that he, there was this idea that he might be back for this game, and yet the the comments the fanski made were telling me he's not going to even be touched for the next couple of weeks. Uh, they are lo- he is lucky the Browns are winning, or this would be a much bigger story. Mm-hmm. Um, Greedy Williams is it is now the curious case of Greedy Williams. Um, there's something more going on here with his injury than we know. Yeah, no idea. Um, and by the way, it is to the point now when you heard the press talk, Reedy Williams not only expected to be practicing, which he was, he's expected to play. So that was a sudden U-turn with Greedy Williams. Um, he struggled last year. I don't have I, I, I don't know what to say about that. Ogan Joby's out, which is a big injury. Bryant's gonna have a lot more playing time this week, the rookie. So that's gonna be big things there. Claiborne playing is a big thing. Um, I pumped up Porter Gustin. He hasn't done much. Uh, I thought Olivier Vernon played better, but he needs to do a lot more still. I think Claiborne would be a big addition to have him back, actually. That's the one I've been circling. Harrison, as my partner mentioned, will be playing because it sounds like Joseph's questionable at best. Like, I, But to repeat, Greedy Williams out. Sounds like he might be out for multiple weeks. And then Larry Ogunjobi uh, out. Um, and then the good news is, though, Sheldon Richardson's in. He will be playing. I think you need Claiborne, um, but he's questionable. Carl Joseph, questionable. Now, 425 game in the week of COVID in the NFL. So this actually might be the – it might get more eyeballs because a lot of these games have been getting canceled whatever else. Feels like a bigger game. This game started off at a 3.2.5 favor for the Browns. It's gone all the way to even, which means there's a lot of money going towards Indianapolis. That is not typically Vegas. So a lot of people are pushing the the, the Indianapolis narrative, saying maybe the Browns are going to overhype too much. I just mentioned all those headlines and stuff. Um I'll, I'll go first in this game. Uh, I do like the Browns again. Um, I think Baker Mayfield will continue to improve. Um, the good thing about this game is we just mentioned that it is the number one rush defense. Yes, it is. It is a good passing defense, too. It's a very good defense. And so maybe the Browns don't score as much. The offense for the Colts stinks. They aren't that good. And I've looked through their games. They have not played anybody. Their best game was the Bears. Everybody else is not that good. So I do like that. I think the Browns, even though they have questionable wins too, winning in Dallas is a great win. I think that means a lot more than winning in Chicago right now, even though Chicago's got a better record. The Browns doing what they had to do against that offense. I just know what I know. I think that's a much better win, even though the records don't say that. I I like the Browns in this game. 27-13. I think they're going to control the game. 
Um, I actually don't think the Colts, even though they they're tough, they have a very good coach, respectable. I think the Browns get a late turnover late to put it up by fourteen. I would take the Browns and the even line. Oh boy, I'm doing it again this week, Andy. I have seen still nothing on the defensive side of the ball that makes me think that they can stop folks from scoring. I do understand and appreciate and love the fact that the turnover ratio is what plus six. Yeah. The team looks really good when it comes to turnovers, but at the same time, they are not stopping teams from getting in the end zone. And I do think that we are going to deal with some of these injury issues with hunt being out and it will affect the Browns a little bit on the running game. I'm worried about Baker forcing it a little bit coming in. So let's see what happens, especially with Higgins. Let's see what happens. I'm still going to say right now, uh, it's going to be a tight one and there are going to be more points scored than are expected. Colts win 35, 31. Wow. Yeah. Um, here's the thing. I believe in Baker and I think Baker will continue to improve. And I think Baker will make good throws. And I do agree with my partner. Don't undersell the Chubb injury, but don't overhype it. It's somewhere in the middle. This running game and this offensive line will be able to do enough, but you're not going to see that. This is a good, this is the only thing that does make me nervous. This is a good tester. This team can stop the run. Not naive about that. They're, I mean, again, they're, I guess they're fourth in rushing. I'm sorry. I kept saying first, they're fourth in rushing, first in passing. It's a great defense. They're first overall in the league. So a lot going into this game when it comes to testing this offense. All that to be said, I do think Baker's improving. So because of that, I take the Browns. This is one of our more quicker podcasts. I actually sadly have to run to an event. Yeah, what's your heart out? Sorry, asking you right now on air. I can't remember what you said. Is it quarter after? Yeah, quarter after. So we're about. I'm watching the clock, brother. By the way, EJ Scola, thank you. Believe Land, that's right. Um, And I love, uh, I love our boy EJ. He's got all sorts of fun things that he likes to text throughout the show, which is good to see. Believe Land's right. Believe Land got a lot of plug this week by my boy and um, Ernest. Yeah, Ernest Biner put through it out there. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love Ernest. If EB's ever listening, I say hello. Yeah, EJ Uh, always commenting on Facebook. Thank you. Yes. Um, we'll do a much longer show. I'll, I'll do this live on the air. It is a later start, so I don't know if it'll be Sunday night. It might be Monday because the later start. These games usually don't end until 7, 30, 8 o'clock. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, it'll either be Sunday night, Monday. That's all I'll say. Um, we'll do one or the other. There's a lot to go through with the Indians. I, w- I want to pocket that for that show. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad to hear Francona out in the press. Um, I'm glad to hear he's doing better. We'll get into more of that later. I am very into the college football this weekend. Miami Clemson, Bama Ole Miss, which is a fun game. The Red River rivalry, which is no red. It's just a river, and those two teams are not playing well. Tom Herman getting hammered on social media this week. And then, um, you know, Florida keeps doing what they do against A&M. Best prize in football. Watch all that stuff. Holly Wetzel's great. Kaylee Waterhouse is great. And then finally, exciting. It's Friday night here for listening to this podcast. Exciting, exciting stuff. LeBron should be winning. I mean, again, I don't want the Lakers to win, but I, I like LeBron. I want to see LeBron do well. LeBron's going to win his fourth ring. Uh, yep. I, I wearing the Mamba jerseys. Yeah, yeah. I, I really do. I, I, you know, this is this is how it goes. They're wearing those jerseys. LeBron's going to. He's when we. I know it's it's that cliche of flipping the switch that folks love to say. LeBron's switch will be flipped this evening. Yeah. So get ready for that. And all right, last question then before we head out. Um, are we are we talking about where does this put LeBron on this on the conversation with Michael again? Now that it'll be his fourth in out of ten. I actually will put it in this level. Um he's not Michael, but 
he's in the world of Magic Johnson and all those other guys like Magic, Kobe. He's in that world. He is. To have four championships and three teams, that's pretty damn good. That's really, really, really damn good. And I'd it's still, and I'd still if it was a pick I'd, I'd take I'd take LeBron over. If I was if I was if it was a pickup game, I would be taking LeBron it's, over, it, over. It's Michael. very, very tough. You can make an argument. I, I just <laughs> I love LeBron so much. I don't want to I, I I feel bad. I still would take Jordan. No. Sorry. All right. Well then I, my team would beat your team. <laughs> I love LeBron. I don't want to shit on LeBron. No, I don't no. like this question. I, I I just know I really believe I'm being truthful. Jordan was the best I ever saw. And that's not a slight. I'm just I know it's not. Honest. I know it's not. I don't think any of the I, that's that's the other it, thing is that the, the, the overly polarized conversation. I know, it's just, it's, it's not it's, that listen, it's not that deep. It but, really but, it's but, not that deep. It's a good but, conversation to have, but it's not that deep. But I will say this again. LeBron winning brings him to that circle I'd mentioned. Magic, Kobe, the Shaquille O'Neal, Tim Duncan. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. In fact, he probably goes, he probably is better than Duncan, better than Shaq. I think he's better than Kobe. And he's in that. I thought Magic Johnson is one of the best players I ever saw. So he's in that magic world. I mean, really, I may, might be better than Magic. DJ again on Facebook, four yeah. wins with three teams, goat. Yeah, it, it, I know, it, right? I, I, I feel that way. I, I'm telling you, that is not a I, I, very fair. Hey, uh, so I'm going to count that as your final word, Andy. I'm not going to throw it back to you. Is that okay? Good. Yes, my my dryer's ready. Time to go. I normally never have to go anywhere Friday nights. I live a boring dad life, but tonight I, is not that way. I do want to give a quick shout out to Evergreen Podcasts. Thanks yes. for taking us on. We are proud to be a part of Evergreen Podcasts. Um, I know that we still uh, push uh, waiting for next year, of course. Great friends with Craig and the gang. Love them. And love those guys. And uh, But we are absolutely in, uh, just uh, over the over the moon. I was trying to think of something that didn't sound corny, and too bad it came out corny. Uh, we're yeah. thrilled to be a part of Evergreen Podcasts. Uh, look out for more. Uh, we might even have a press release coming out. It's going to be good stuff. And uh, we're glad that you're still listening. We're going to try to find some more listeners, and uh, let's build this sucker more, up. Share it with your friends. Do all that good stuff. Stuff. More, more, to, more to come. Go Browns, go Sunday night, Monday. Much right. longer podcast, much more regular podcast. Whenever it is, I said you were done, Andy. I know. I fucking can't stop talking. <laughs> He's Andy Billman. I'm Jared Watson. Take care. Go Browns. Roll Browns. Roll. Cleveland and Beyond with Andy and Jared is a part of Evergreen Podcast. You can follow them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cleveland and Beyond, on Twitter at CLE and Beyond, or shoot them an email at andyandjared at gmail.com. And don't forget to visit the website, clevelandandbeyond.net. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotis, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. 
You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah. right? And yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Chipotas. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.